I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have a great guest on. And you know, if you're looking at any aspect of business, any aspect of what's going on in the world, one of the very big topics that comes up is energy. And you know, what I wanted to do is bring on a guest that's working and doing great work in the energy sector as far as the things that they're coming up with. They have some patent-pended technology that I think is great, but it's also good to hear their story about how they went from you know, caring about the subject matter to actually doing something in the industry. So Zora Chung, welcome to the show. Thank you, Terrell. Good to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, before we jump into talking into details about the business regional, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what kind of led up to the launch of this business? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my background is actually in corporate finance. Um, so I've previously worked at Clorox and Walmart, managed their budgets and various um, business units. And at Walmart, I even onboarded a few of our acquisition targets, which were all small startups. And um, I grew really, really interested in working with those teams because, um, you know, unlike Walmart, which, you know, is a very well-run company, um, is still going to be bureaucratic at the end of the day. And then when we worked with these small startups, we're trying to merge those two types of cultures together. And I just found it um, just very refreshing, just the speed at which people were moving and also um, the the breadth of the work, because you're not just wearing one hat, um, you're wearing like 20,000 um, in some cases. And also um, Walmart was doing a lot of great work in sustainability, um, which I was really proud of. Um, my co-founder, he's the one who actually came up with the idea for Rejewel, um, came to me for some business advice in terms of how to think about it. So um, I basically helped him part-time. We did some interviews um, with potential customers and people in the industry to really understand is he tackling a problem that we have. And um, boy, was he right. Like there's just a huge problem that we see coming with battery waste um, in our future if it's not handled correctly and if we don't develop technologies to um, kind of streamline the battery's life cycle. And since then, I basically just decided to leave Walmart full time and pursue this um, 100% of the time. Awesome. And you know, that's a great point that you brought up because I remember when working in uh, General Electric and there were some, you know, target companies that were acquired and target operations that were acquired. And it was always very interesting to see how those who were, I guess I could say born and raised in General Electric and the General Electric way of doing things, how they had these somewhat challenges of, okay, how do we now bring this smaller startup type organization into the fold to where there was yeah. always like this constant rub and this like, you know what, there is a completely different mentality for running a small business versus a huge established business. Yeah, definitely. And there's no right or wrong. And um, seeing a little bit of that friction is actually very interesting because it's not bad or good. It's just, it's going to happen and you just have to learn how to work with it. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, also the other thing I think, you know, when you have so many people focused on sustainability, you know, how did you guys get comfortable of, you know, say with the decision that, Hey, you know what, we're taking the right angle because, you know, that's something with a lot of business owners when they're kind of looking at their, you know, their, their business model or their idea, like, hey, the idea is great. They're passionate about it. But how did you guys start to get comfortable with that? Hey, you know what? This idea has enough, you know, there's enough foundation here for us to really pursue it. Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And one that's so important um, for, I think, 
each new um, entrepreneur to really understand. Um, the way we approached it is, um, as I mentioned before, is we just went out and started talking to people in the industry. Um, my background at Clorox and Walmart is not in batteries. Um, my co-founder's background, he did study batteries and he previously had worked um, in the defense industry, but it's a little bit different when you're just talking about defense versus um, like automotive and energy, for instance. So we went and talked to a lot of people. Um, I think as of now, we've talked to over 200 different industry stakeholders and we have gone through a few different pivots. Um, so I would say we narrowed down to really understand the problem. Um, there's a lot of them. So of the problems, which ones can we address based on our skill sets and our resources? So we at first thought of helping to repurpose batteries. So actually taking in used battery inventory and then putting it in a new application. Um, since then we've narrowed our focus to diagnostics, which is more specialized um, and something that we are better positioned to do with the skill sets that we have. Um, and we work with people that are doing repurposing who are much better at logistics and have big warehouses and also have some relationships with automakers to source these batteries as well. And I think that's a very interesting thing. I mean, like I said, uh, being able to to know your own, I guess you say, taking an inventory of your own, own skill sets now, you know, I guess during that process, I guess, was there a, I guess you say, a little bit of an, an, an emotional pull of like, hey, we want to like tackle the big problem, but it's like, we need to be realistic on, hey, what should our niche be? So kind of how'd you guys navigate that piece of it? Yeah, um, definitely um, after talking to the various customers and then, um, you know, trying to understand the whole industry landscape, then we think, okay, if we were to approach it this way, what are some of the costs that we have to keep in mind? And of course, my finance background was very helpful here. So we walked through step-by-step, step, what are the things that we need to do? And then what are the costs associated with it? And also what specialties um, do we have? And at that time there was just two of us. So obviously that's very limited. Um, and so like, then you look at it from a staging standpoint. So at this point, given our resources and what we know, um, what can we do? And can we eventually build towards that eventual goal? And that's a maybe. Um, and so you just keep working at it. Um, and then we started recruiting new team members and that always helps us know what our focus should be as well. So it's, I would say that it's an ongoing process um, because as you have new resources and as the world around us um, changes, then you might actually find a pocket of opportunity that didn't exist before. So I think just um, keeping a pulse on the market, continuing to talk to industry stakeholders um, is really important. And that's how we continue to refine, um, you know, our approach and where we want to focus. And I'm glad you mentioned about, like I said, your finance background, because I mean, that being my background as well, I know we talked about that before. And it's just like, it's one of those things that's always good for you know, the audience and entrepreneurs and business owners to hear. It's just like, you know, at some point you do have to step out of how you feel about the idea and look at, hey, what do the numbers really tell you? And, mm -hmm. and then kind of navigate forward. So I, I think that's amazing. And thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Now, when you guys think about, you know, as you've navigated through, like I said, the, the, the customer discovery, the ongoing kind of networking and, and really hearing and narrowing down your niche, you know, what role has kind of, you know, that network in, I guess you say that 
the connections that you've made, the over 200 connections, like what role has that played, you know, now that you guys have figured out your niche and as you're trying to grow the business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that um, some of our biggest pivots have come from feedback from potential customers and industry stakeholders. And sometimes it's things that we never would have even thought of. Um, so I'll give you just a quick example of um, some of the products that we're looking to launch. Um, the first one is based on um, you know, where we are today and what the technology can already do. And so if you already have used batteries that are removed from a vehicle, we can help test and grade those. That's where the technology is ready now. So if you're looking to repurpose, we can help you improve your sustainability. The next phase that we originally had planned was basically um, to shrink down the technology and be able to embed it into an electric vehicle. And this would remove the need to have an independent tool later on because you would have ongoing monitoring and optimization. What we didn't plan for and what came about through various customer discovery interviews is there was also a need to assess the battery's health while it was still inside the car. Um, We got this from like um, a huge auction company for used vehicles insurance companies and even automakers and because right now you hear about them saying you know there's lower maintenance on evs and that's because they ignore the huge battery that's actually powering the vehicle so how do you understand the health of the battery when you know yourself and you might use for two to three years and you know those batteries are easy to recycle Um, but for an electric vehicle we're talking about 500 to a thousand pounds not easy to recycle. And um, right now, mechanics aren't even, 97% of mechanics are not trained to handle an electric vehicle. That's going to be a huge problem when these become at scale. So that's when we had actually um, inserted a product in our roadmap in between the early grading tool to the embedded tool um, so that we can help diagnose batteries while they're on the road today. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an amazing point, because when you think about, you know, mechanics and they are deeply trained in the, you know, the, the, the automotive and literally the, the mechanics of how a vehicle works, but not so much the, the battery and the electric side. So, I mean, that, that's a very great point. I mean, that, that, that will be a challenge as. So I guess when people are driving electric vehicles, I mean, do they just have to go back to the manufacturer to get them repaired? Or um, have you guys seen other mechanics being able to develop the skill set to address that? Yeah, so there are a lot of smaller shops Um, that are coming about. Um, There's not too many because most of the EVs right now are still under warranty. So if it's under warranty, you would definitely go back to the dealership. Um, But there are some, you know, early Nissan Leafs and even Teslas that are now out of warranty and people are looking for places to service them because if you go back to the dealer, it's often incredibly expensive. Um, So we've spoken with a few of them. I've tried to understand what are some of the tools you know, and sometimes it's really random things that could be um, issues, um, like one that we've heard of a lot, which does not exist in a gasoline car, is, um, you know, the charging port. So if, you know, you're using the charging port almost maybe at least two to three times a week, if not every day, um, that can have um, different safety or malfunction issues that maybe a regular mechanic might not be able to address. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that makes perfect sense. So now when you guys think about, you know, where you've been with Redrill and just kind of what's going on now, you know, what does the, what are you, what are your thoughts on the, what does the future look like for Redrill? 
um, so um, we're very excited that we have a few big grants um, that are helping us do um, development and deployment. Um, the biggest one is actually a $3 million grant from the California Energy Commission, where we will actually be utilizing our module grading tool to grade used batteries. So we actually have 30,000 pounds of used electric truck batteries in our warehouse right now that we're processing. And then um, in about a year or so, we will be deploying those batteries in a solar and storage application at two commercial buildings in Southern California. Um, so this is definitely where, um, you know, the California state wants to go with renewable energy and storage will be a huge component of it. And if we can actually uh, fulfill that storage requirement with used batteries, then we actually improve like the circular economy and make electric vehicles even more sustainable. Um, so we're at the point now too, also where we want to take the technology from the lab into the field. So we're actively seeking partners to do proof of concepts. And, um, you know, we have some big announcements that will be coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, but unfortunately, I can't say anything about that right now. Absolutely. That is perfect. Yeah. Um, so where can people um, find you guys online or on social media to keep an eye on, you know, the upcoming announcements and what's going on with Regal? Yeah. Um, so our website, which is rejewelenergy.com, um, you can also sign up for a newsletter that is sent quarterly. And of course, we're definitely active on social media. Um, we have a LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram account. So definitely welcome um, people to follow. And, you know, I'd be happy to talk to people more as well. You can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. Um, just look for Zora Chung. I don't think there's that many um, of these <laughs> names. So maybe easier to find me. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we wrap up the interview, one question I like to ask every guest that comes on to me, when you think about, you know, the journey that you've been on, you know, from your corporate career to Rejewel, you know, what's two lessons that you've learned that you would share with other business owners? Yeah, I, I think the first one, um, which was a challenge for me personally, was to actually talk about the business a lot. And this includes friends, um, because when I worked at Walmart, like people kind of had an idea of what your company was. Um, so more specific on the role, like it was very easy, but to talk about the company where it's, um, you know, almost like your baby, like you're always afraid that you might say something wrong and people might reject you. Um, but really I had to fight that because one, I had to get better at talking about the company. We're a deeply technical product. So I had to find a way to talk about that with a more general audience. And two, you also never know who that person may be or who that person may know that could actually help you in your journey. And we've actually gotten a lot of customer discovery through just a random conversation with someone about what we do. Um, one of our advisors came across because one of my coworkers at Walmart said, oh, I have a friend that had worked in the automotive industry for 10 years. He sold his company to an automotive supplier. Would you like to talk to him? I'm like, yes, of course. And he actually is now one of our advisors. Um, the other piece of advice, and Cheryl, I think this might speak to you, um, is to make sure you make time for yourself. Um, I think especially when it's your own company, um, you manage your time, but what you tend to do is um, keep thinking about, you know, what you need to do next to keep things moving forward. And um, if you burn yourself out, like you're not doing yourself or your company any favors. Um, so for me personally, I found that uh, no matter how busy or stressed I am, um, I make time to work out and I have to do yoga at least once a week just to 
um, put my mind into a different place where I can calm myself down and I find that I can be more productive afterwards. Awesome. And thank you so much for that, because as everyone that watches and listens to the show knows that, you know, that is one of those areas that I'm definitely, I always tell everyone, I'm a work in progress when it comes down to rest. (laughs) I am, I'm I'm an A plus when it comes down to doing the work and getting things done. But when it comes down to rest, I'm probably like a C, maybe a C minus at times. you're being honest with yourself so that's that's a start awesome thank you so much for coming on it's been a pleasure having you and i'll definitely you know look forward to hear all the great things that are coming ahead for rejewel so thank you so much for coming on thank you for tuning in to the business talk library if you like our content be sure to follow us on social media and If you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the business talk library is the place where business makes sense.